Off and rolling on a Sports Nightly Wednesday night. Thanks to everybody for dialing us up here this evening. Start of the show talking about Nebraska's victory last night over the Iowa Hawkeyes, 76-70 to the final. Huskers improved to 2-2 two and two in league play. Now sit in the middle of the pack, much like everybody else in league standings very, very early. Still 16 conference games left for the Big Red and for Iowa, for that matter, who are now 1-3 and three in league play. Calling the game on the radio last night with Kent Pavelka was Jake Muehlheisen, who joins us now on our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline. Jake, before the game, not a lot of optimism for Husker fans uh, going into this one considering what happened against Rutgers, but uh, obviously the game plan uh, was executed very highly after Rutgers, and um, the Huskers were able to walk away with a victory on a very fun night last night. When you think back to, to last night, when what are the, the, the thoughts that come into your mind when you think back to this game and the game plan and everything regarding this one? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, uh, other than the, the coaching staff and the players, you know, as far as their confidence, but uh, I don't know, you know, how the fans and everybody else felt about going to that game, what our chances were. But I, I you know, I, I – I always go back and we talk about it a lot on air. We always go back to the Indiana Purdue stretch on how these guys play. And just like, well, if we can do that again, we got a chance. And, and that's what we did. So it uh, ended up being an awesome game. And I think it got some fans by surprise, but uh, it was a, it was an awesome night at PBA. And, it, and like I said on air, it was, it was awfully fun watching the black and gold fans walk out of there with about a minute to go. No question. Well, you look at the box score, and you see Luca Garza with 16 and 18, and assume he just dominated the game. Well, he, I don't think he scored for like the first 10 minutes yesterday, and, and the 16 points he had, he really, really had to earn. I mean, the game plan, and you talked about it with Coach Hoiberg after the game, was executed flawlessly. You could tell from the get-go, Nebraska was going to say, we're going to have to, we're going to let somebody else beat us. We're going to let Connor McCaffrey shoot as much as he wants, and we're going to let other, other people try and beat us, but it wasn't going to be Luca Garza. He had a good stat line, but, I mean, I feel like Nebraska's coaches had a pretty dang good plan for him. I agree, and then I think Kevin Cross and Big Ivan down low, you know, battled him from behind, and then we had guys basically playing free safety off of Tucson. So whoever's guarding him, they sat in the lane and almost sandwiched and double teamed Garza the entire time. And when he did catch it, we were banging him around, and he got he got frustrated. But yeah, I don't think, like you said, I don't think he scored for for ten, twelve minutes in that first half, and he got a couple. He probably got three or four straight there when he was able to seal and get some good angles. But the game plan was was executed perfectly, and we let some guys shoot. And I know they missed some open shots, and but we had, we had to give our guys credit too. They flew around and uh, anticipated those backside passes really good and closed out. And they they when a shooter caught it like Wees Camp, we closed out hard and challenged his shots. And then if a guy like Connor McCaffrey caught it, we did a short close and and under control. And if he shot it, good for him. So. It was a great game plan and, and executed really well. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, box score to look at, especially when it comes to three-point shooting for Iowa. They're four of 33 from downtown. McCaffrey hits three of them. I think he had hit 11 all year. Uh, so so that you weren't necessarily expecting. And, and you and I were looking at each other in that first half. I think the first three shots Iowa had all came from Wieskamp and were all wide-open threes. He finishes just one of 10 from downtown. He led Iowa in scoring with 21, but it took him 23 shots to get there. I mean, if, that's not going to happen every night, but, boy, you're sure going to take it when another team's best shooter shoots 10% from downtown. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and I looked at each other those first – 
I think three or four attempts and he was, you know, just down the, down the, the sideline from us wide open in the corner. And when you say wide open, we still had a guy running at him a little bit and, and, and get him to rush, but he was open and those, those shots he makes a lot of the time and he, he just flat out missed them. And you just, that's what the game plan has to be with this team and, and playing fundamental defense and making sure at the guard positions, you're guarding one-on-one and not giving up dribble penetration. And then in the post in the backside, you got to be aware of lobbing over the top. And we just did a great job of, of playing really solid, cohesive team defense. And it was just a lot of fun to watch, to watch those guys fly around, dive on the floor, take charges, and battle for loose balls. The other, the other good feeling that I had leaving the arena, and I even, I even put a tweet out walking to my car about it, and you, know, you look at Nebraska's box score, everybody that played over 10 minutes, you take any one of those guys out and Nebraska doesn't win the game. It was a complete team effort from everybody. Thor had a career high. Cam was all over the place dishing the ball. Hanif hit some huge threes. Deshaun had the, the back-to-back buckets, had the dunk. He, Ivan had the, the, the matchup down low with Garza, and Kevin Cross played like an animal when he had to. And, and of course, you and I's favorite player, the energizer bunny out there, Charlie easily played 16 minutes and had some big plays defensively. That was the, that was the best part of the night. I think with Nebraska having so many contributors. And I think this is just going to be a big confidence booth for all of those guys moving forward. I agree. And that's what I think made that atmosphere so much, so much fun and added to it where it wasn't just one guy or two guys really dominating the game for Nebraska. And it was at certain spots, each guy made huge plays in that, in that juncture of the game. And, you know, you had, you had uh, Hanif Cheatham in the first half hit two threes against that zone when they had done, so they had to get out of it. And then you have Burke hit the back-to-back shots. You had Mack hit the back-to-back ones to get the, get the lead back. Charlie Easley diving for the loose ball uh, and, and basically taking it away from Creener and, and getting the timeout called. And then you have Thor hitting the back-to-back threes late in the second half to give us lead again. Kevin Cross, Ivan, you, you can just go down the list. And that's what Coach Weber was doing after the game. Going, hey, all these guys made a stamp on this game and, and made big plays in certain parts of the game. And, and like you said, you can't. Every one of them helped win the ball game. It was, and, it, and if you take one of them out, we probably don't win. So it was just a, a fun game. And I think as a team, it helps these guys build confidence and, and trust in one another as well. I don't know, Jake, that I've been a part of a of a basketball season to where the variance in results happens every single time these guys touch the floor. We truly don't know what we're going to get. And I think that's what that's what's making, uh, you know, gauging success difficult. The one thing that you can gauge is the effort, and that was certainly there last night. But if you're a coach, how, how do you assess progression with this team or improvement with this team when the results vary from, from night to night? Just look at the last two games with Rutgers and Iowa. Yeah, I think, I think as a coaching staff, they just want to see guys see guys improving every day and practice every day in games. I know that's a really cliche comment, but you look at you just go back over the over the season so far and, and how these guys have progressed. I know they've taken a few steps back here and there, but you look at uh, you know the the opening game UC Riverside. You look at the Creighton game. You look at the Rutgers game. You know those games were all ones where these guys went into the film after the game and the next couple of days watched. And, and really, to what I can tell is they watch what they can do better, they learn from it, and they not only were accountable to themselves, but they were accountable for their teammates as well. And I think that's what, that's what you saw last night where guys were – they didn't want to let their teammates down. It, was not about, uh, it wasn't about the name on the back of the, of the jersey, but they didn't want to let their teammates down. 
and they want to do anything they could to help the team win and not what their stat line is. I think that's going to be a, a theme moving forward with these guys where when they're playing as a team and playing together and playing for one another, then we can win some ball games. One of the coolest parts to this season, regardless of how it finishes, is the impact that, that Thor has had. You know, it would have been so easy to see the trend of, of all of the, uh, the players that transfer out of the program to assume Thor would, just wouldn't make it here. And Coach Hoiberg was high on him from the get-go. And I think, you know, his, his style, the, the, the international play where his, his basketball IQ, it's just those little things that, that are making the difference right, right now with him. I mean, he, he has turned into one of the fan favorites and will be a fan favorite by the time that he's done here. What can you say about the improvements that he's made and, and, and gone from a guy that might play two to three minutes a night to we better, we better have him on the floor. It's going to be in trouble for the Huskers. He's, he's a, a, probably the most consistent player that we've had this year uh, from game to game, and that's on both sides of the floor. Just the, the improvement that he's made from last year to this year, and I know he was – uh, he played really well the last uh, handful of games uh, last season when he was kind of thrown into the mix and in the Big Ten tournament. But his his shooting percentage and just the playmaking that he's done this year has has gone through the roof. And it's it's fun to watch because he's just a, he's a tough matchup. He's kind of got the some awkward game to him, so he's hard to stay in front of. But uh, you can tell that he was in the gym all summer and all off season working on his jumper. And then when he's on the floor. He's always in the right spot uh, on on both sides. Offensively, you know, he's getting to the open open positions. He's making back cuts. Uh, he's making shots when he's open. He's making plays for teammates in the defensive end. Same thing where he's always talking. He's anticipating the screen coming. Um, he's in a stance, and he's always in. Like last night, there was a couple where Iowa had the rebound in their hand, and he was able to poke it free mm-hmm. and get that get that loose ball. So he's got a knack um, for for getting those those loose rebounds and loose balls and helping this team win however he can. Yeah, no question about it. Well, consistency is the model of a great team. Nebraska isn't quite there yet, but uh, this is this is one this weekend against Northwestern where you, you kind of feel like this is one of the few games left on the schedule that Nebraska should win. How, how do you expect the team to respond after an emotional light, light, night last night and then heading on the road here with four of their next five games? I, I, I kind of look at it as the, the game last night as a – as a similar game, and hopefully, I hope that this is the case to that Indiana game. They kind of found themselves again uh, last night on how they need to play, and they can get some confidence going in uh, on, on a road game to Northwestern and, and use that. They, what they can't do is say, um, you know, Northwestern's down to seven scholarship players. You know, they're probably going to be 0 4 after they play at Indiana tonight. They can't look at those stats and the record, et cetera, because you know this that winning on the Big Ten uh, on the road is is hard wherever you go. It doesn't matter anybody's record. It's hard to win on the road. And so we got to go with that, that, uh, that mentality that we had last night. And hopefully that builds some confidence uh, amongst everyone and what their role is. And they can go in and, and go to Chicago and, and get a, get a road win and get two wins in a row and then keep this thing going. Sure thing. I mean, it's a, that's the goal. And, you know, more confidence this young team has, the better it is for everybody. Jake Mule has color analyst for us here on the Husker Sports Network. Jake, appreciate you talking with us, man. Uh, go to uh, Chicago, get yourself a dog, keep Ken out of trouble, and hopefully come back with a win. Sounds good. Thanks, Ben. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show right here on the Husker Sports Network. 20 seconds on the possession. Nebraska by three. The drive by Mack. Weak side. Dunk by Cross. I'm 
another dime! Dropped beautifully by Cam Mack into the hands of Kevin Cross. Cross has played magnificently. An inside look at what's going on around Nebraska basketball. Dribbles to the right, gives it off. NBA three. Got it! I got it under for an NBA three. Four Dorganison. 65-61, Nebraska by four. Four is on fire. Tonight, assistant coach. Armin Gates. He faces the floor. They'll let Cheatham throw it in. Over the defense to Burke. Burke to the goal. Dunks it. Got it. Under Dunk. And then one. Exclamation point. Pump the brakes. The Huskers are up by 72 to 66. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host of the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show, Ben McLaughlin. Thank you and welcome to the Nebraska Men's Basketball Radio Hour. Coach, I'm a superstitious guy. When you play baseball long enough, you kind of just get that way. So you might be kind of hosed the rest of the year. It might be you and I the rest of the way. I mean, if, it, if we come off a win like last night, and that's, and that's if that's what it takes to keep winning, I'll wear it if you'll wear it. I'm with you on that. I'm very superstitious. Anything it takes to get a win, I'm all about it. No doubt. Well, huge win last night. Um, you know, you get to the preparations with Iowa, and, and you obviously start with, with Luca Garza, and you know with the tempo that they like to run with, uh, um, losing Bohannon without question hurt them, and I know Frederick was out too, but where does it start with them? I mean, when you're playing for these guys and, and they like to get up and down, but they also like to use a big man as much as they do, probably pretty tricky. When you guys started breaking this down, and what, what, what was the message you tried to drive home to these guys of that, what you had to do to win? I mean, if, if anybody saw the game or was at the game, they definitely heard Coach Sadler, Coach Doc Sadler screaming, keep it tight, keep it tight. You know, we wanted to take away their points in the paint. That's what they really uh, hang their hat on. Uh, obviously, feeding Garza, straight in transition, call it point to post. Uh, also, just throughout the throughout the uh, half court sets, they also they always look high low for them. They always driving, putting pressure on on, on the defense, trying to get in there. Uh, they still ended up with about fifty two points in the paint uh, out of their seventy two or something like that. But uh, they were definitely trying to pound that thing, and and our guys followed the game plan. It's interesting looking at the box score because. The first line you're going to look at is Garza finishes with 16 and 18. You knew he was going to get his, but he had to work for all 16 of those, and none of them were easy. I think he might have scored eight in a row there, uh, late first half, and then after that, it was it was tough sledding for him. You take him away and let other guys beat you. Find out good things can happen. Oh, 100 uh, percent. Unfortunately, they do have some couple injuries that definitely uh, you know was in our favor. So we were able to go underneath a couple ball screens of non-shooters, and, and, and it really hurt them. It helped. It helped us keep that uh, keep our defense compact. And again, take away take away Garza's you know uh, explosive plays that he can make consistently. Like he went on a run on his own uh, towards the end of the first half with six in a row, and and one was included in that. So we took that away from him and, and frustrated him a little bit, and that helped us out. There are sometimes things happen early in the game, and I said this earlier in the show that you know it might be in the first thirty seconds of the game, but one or two things happen. You go, this might be our night. I mean, we the first three shots of the night are from Wieskamp, Camp, and he pretty good looks, and he misses all three of them. I look at Jake, I'm like, hey, <laughs> this might be our night. Guy goes one from ten from downtown. You're not going to apologize for it, but. Uh, 
make other guys beat you and make guys make shots, and sometimes they don't go in. Hey, after those first couple shots, do not go down for you. If you're a shooter or whatever, I don't care what anybody tell you. You you get a little tight. You know, you you start thinking the game a little bit more instead of just you know playing freely. And I think that's what happened to those guys yesterday. You know, missing their first couple because if you see it go in early, oh, you think it's you think the rim is big as an ocean. You know, but if you miss a couple, it gets as small as a as, as a as a as a ring a ring a finger ring a ring on your finger. You know, so it's uh it definitely helped in our favor that they missed their first couple shots. The the thing that I that resonated with me the most as a coach you've got to be the most proud of yesterday was just, you know, you look at the box score, uh Mate only gave you seven and a half, but everybody else that that played played over ten minutes and I talked with Jake about this, I talked with Kent about this after the game and you take any one of those guys out, you don't win the game. I mean there's there's a lot of times last year where if James wasn't going or G wasn't going that um somebody else could pick up the slack you know Isaiah could pick it up or JPJ could go get you 30 or whatever it was and you didn't necessarily need all six or seven guys in the rotation but you take any of those guys out you don't win the game yesterday you know what every every team is different and 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 when you figure out this team here you know especially with an unselfish guy like Cam Mack who's one of the top assist guys in the country if you just run the floor he'll kick it up to you you know uh he keeps everybody involved um and and I think we're we're, we're starting to figure something out you know Charlie easily stepped into the lineup and helped us you know in a tremendous way and it seems like when he's on the floor he makes winning plays and again you take those winning plays that he that he made take him out out of the out of play we probably don't win that game you know because he got the crowd into it and, and the crowd it, it, it excites you that's what that's what this place nebraska the nebraska is about the the fan base is unbelievable um and and i just want to thank the fan base again because they make a difference in in what we do every single night and i'm sure we frustrate you a little bit you know right now because we don't know you know what team is gonna show up and and again that takes time, and, and, and again, we're looking for that consistency, and, and we're going to figure it out. What do you think of Ivan yesterday? I mean, that's not an easy, easy task for a 17-year-old dude to go up against a grown man like, like Garza. How do you think he handled himself? Extremely impressed with him. Extremely impressed. What, what, what Ivan does every day, every single day, is not, it's not in the, in, in the, on the stat sheet. Uh, it doesn't show up. But this dude battles, and, and if you go down there and battle with a Luca Garza for three minutes, maybe a minute, you're going to be exhausted. So this dude is a 17-year-old grown man almost, you know, in terms of his body size, his mass. Um, but I'm, I'm, I was very impressed with him because, and, and again, it's hard what he does because he doesn't get to touch the ball every single possession. He, he, he goes and sets screens. He hustles. You know, he tries to take charge and, and, tr- and tries to be the, the last line of defense by the, you know, uh, close to the rim and, and def- defensively. So what he does is, is unbelievable, and I was very impressed with him and Kevin Cross. Yeah, well, I was just about to go to Kev next because they kind of complement each other pretty well. Kev's probably a little more athletic, got some more bounce, and can finish more at the rim. And, you know, you saw some of that late in the game yesterday sunk a couple free throws that were huge um kevin's an interesting guy to to prepare for and when you look at him and i know that's probably why this you guys liked him so much his high school tape but where is he most effective like when kev's at his best where does he hurt you kev kev's at his best when he's playing with a motor um 
you know, when he's just bouncing around, jumping around, making plays, running to set this screen and picking and popping. That's what Kevin does. He he, he stretches the defense out out for us uh, in, a, in a huge way. Something that Ivan, and, and it's hard because you got to prepare for Ivan, who's more of a back-to-the-basket guy, and then Kevin subs in. Now you have to change your de- whole defensive strategy around. And if you don't, then Kevin will end up with, a, with an open shot every single possession. And, again, that's where Kevin helps us out. He'll pick and pop uh, and, and – and, you know, hopefully he drains them. Right now he's going through a little slump, and, and that's, he's going to get out of that because he's a shooter and, and he understands that. It was really cool watching him take that, that dish to the basket, flushing that home. But it's a, you're, I hope you're prepared for the next two weeks because Kev's going to let you know every day that, <laughs> that he did that. Uh, but I didn't know he had that much bounce. He got all, he got, he, fearless when he went up there. No, exactly, and that's what I'm talking about with his motor, man. He has to keep that thing turned on all the time but instead he'll make a big play and then he'll want to shut it down for about five minutes of game play and that hurts that's when it hurts us a little bit because then he'll miss a box out or 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 not run the floor as hard to put pressure on their defense um so kevin once he realizes and i think as he's starting to understand it and it comes with experience and I, I really think he's he's starting to get it one of the things that never ceases to amaze me in a college basketball game with this team or any team that you watch coach is when it's a two or three possession game and you make one big play and you think it's over. It's it's like a football game. You know, you hit that 65-yard post pattern for a touchdown and you think it's over. But in basketball, it's not like that. One play doesn't really – I mean, it gets the crowd excited, may get your team excited, but you got to keep coming. And that's where this team, Nebraska, has fallen short, not just this year but in recent years, is we'll make one or two of those plays and we'll be right there. But the other team seems to make one more. That wasn't the case last night. There was a couple of trips down the floor where – um, you know, Cam hit back-to-back buckets. Deshaun hit a three, hit a two, and back-to-back buckets. Hanif shot him out of a zone. You know, you, you come up with tipped balls by Thor and Charlie, and it seemed like there were a lot of winning plays made by this team yesterday and ended up going in your favor. How do you preach that to your guys, knowing you may you may make an electrifying play, Hanif, you may hit the Hail Mary to, to, get, to get to Deshaun and, and dunk the ball, but we miss four free throws, they go back and get a – how do you keep that going when they do make, you know, one or two good ones, but they're still 3.30 on the clock? You know what, we just tell them to continue to play for 40 minutes. Um, these guys know if you just throw yourself out there and, and make and make plays, just just play, just throw yourself out there for the team and sacrifice. And, and again, that's gonna that's what's holding us back with our consistency right now. Um, it's just playing hard the entire game, you know, because plays are made, uh, the games are won and made, you know. There's a mistake every single possession. So if you play hard and play through it, you can. I can pick up a mistake that 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 you make, and you can pick up a mistake that I make. So it's all about playing hard, getting the crowd involved, and and playing for each other. And that's what coach continues to preach to these guys. It's just been a roller coaster of a year so far. How do you how do you keep them on the on the straight and narrow now? Um, preparing for a bunch of road games here coming up and. And for them to not feel feel themselves too much um, going to Northwestern, how, how do you handle days like today and the practices to follow? Yeah, so so today was a day off, um, which we which we needed. You know, our guys just when they lay it all out there, man, we we like to reward them. And um, so pretty much days coming up, we just got to continue to work and 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 prepare for this next team, which we're going to be playing a talented Northwestern team who's who was up at halftime to Indiana just a couple minutes ago, uh, up three points. So we have to, we can't take anyone for granted, and we just have to play hard and and worry about our us, continue to get better, worry about Nebraska men's basketball. Iowa is a team that stylistically is quite a bit different than Rutgers. 
you have a bunch of new guys out there that are just figuring this thing out for the first time. How have they handled, Coach, just the, the difference and variation of team styles from game to game? And, you know, you might need to throw in something different like packing the paint against Agarza and, you know, being physical with Northwestern, now go and play Coach Coach Collins and Northwestern. When, when, when you're faced with so many different types of teams, how are these guys handling it? You know what? Uh, early, early, I would say we, we weren't very mature about it. And again, that 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 comes with having so many new guys, guys not knowing when they should say something, when they should pick up a teammate or or motivate this guy and, and, and uh, not not accept uh, uh, a lazy defense from that guy. You know, so guys are starting to get comfortable with each other now and being able to take each other's criticism. And I think that's been helping us uh, in a huge way. Um, and, and just go, moving forward, I think. Hanif Cheatham is doing a great job of, of, of taking on that leadership role. So uh, he's doing a good job with it. And, and again, the guys are gelling. So long story short, these guys are starting to gel, and, and, and you guys you, get, you guys can see when we play that way, like a, against a Purdue or um, like we played last night, it shows. It, it was probably challenging. You do you do the scouts, and I know assistants take turns on it. probably made that kind of difficult. You know, what? how much do we throw at these guys? You know, you, there, there's you could get – extremely detailed as detailed as you want to be prepping for 30 40 plays if you want but it's about the retention that matters how, how difficult was that as an assistant watching a game film go shoot do we have time to, to talk about this throw this in or not right no you definitely have to you know each game you can't go over everything that another team does well you have to pick their top the top three or four things that you think you can take away and and hopefully take away enough points from their uh, offensive efficiency to you know motiv- help our team win that ball game you know and and that's part of the game plan and you get you just have to find that one key thing that you can shut down and again against Iowa you saw that with Luca Garza I mean he, the kid went for 40 plus against Michigan so you know we figured that he was the key guy especially with Bohannon out so our guys again they're starting to pay attention to it, and I think that's a huge part of the game well I, I purposely waited to the end to talk about this guy um, last night and that's Thor I remember a conversation you and I had in Italy about this guy and what he could potentially bring to the table. And if you would have told me, you know, we were going to sit here in early January of 2020 and talk about Thor being the, the most important parts of the team, probably would have laughed at you. Uh, but here we are. I mean, this he's everywhere. And and you mentioned things that don't always show up in, show up in the stat column. He leads the country in stats that don't show up in the box score. <laughs> the dude is everywhere. He's he's in passing lanes. He deflects balls. I mean, little the littlest things that affects the game. He has one back cut a game that's worth two points. And, and yesterday – um, the guts to step up and hit those 230-footers when we needed it, the biggest shots he's hit as a Husker. But what is it about him, his love for the game, being a, a, a student of the game and, and coachable that, that, that allows him to do this and take that next step? Well, you, d- you definitely don't don't find a lot of ball players. Uh, well, I haven't heard about a lot of ball players from Iceland, and, and he's one of those guys, and I can tell you what. Knowing, knowing that he's from Iceland, I can tell you anybody that come from Iceland, I think they'll have a toughness about them. They'll be skilled. They'll be able to shoot that basketball. Uh, they'll they'll know how to play. So they'll have a high IQ. You know, they'll know when to make a pass off of a pick and roll. They'll know when to shoot an open shot. They'll have a feel for the game. And, and what he does extremely well is follow the scouting report. You know, again, he thinks the game every single possession. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the most athletic guy, but he figures a way out. And that's what it's about, man. And, and he's one of those guys, stats don't hit, what he does does not show up on that stat sheet. And he's a winner. 
and you saw that at the end of last year when he stepped in and he just the, the kid was guarding five men from the opposing team just didn't care if he got hit in the head just didn't was taking charges so he's in and very important for this team, and, and, and he doesn't get enough credit, you know, for what he does. And, and again, I'm an advocate for him, and, and I'll do anything for him. You know, I can tell you that right now. We talked a lot about his confidence in that conversation. He's just a different player. What, what is it? What, what clicked for him? Because some guys don't find it. Some yep. guys don't. Will go through four years and never find it. I think Charlie is on the verge of finding his. Yep. And maybe even in the last four minutes, he did find it. But that's a hard thing for a player, and it can make all the difference in the world for him. And he's just a completely different guy now. I said earlier in the show, it, it wouldn't have shocked me if you know he saw a lot of his teammates leave and decided, you know, I'm just going to go start somewhere else too. I'm going to go. But he didn't. He stayed here and a switch just flipped what 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 was the moment if, if you remember it or recall that going this is a different dude and this guy's going to help us win games yep I'm gonna I'm be honest with you at the end of last year it, it definitely I mean he showed some stuff man he made some big shots I mean again he made huge plays at the end of last year uh, and it showed his toughness level defending those five men and and switching defenses switching to one man you know so different possession he was doing different things and when you get out there and play and you and you're able to showcase some things and you just let yourself go the basketball gods take over man and 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 good things happen to good people I'm a huge believer in it and Thor is one of those guys and again when coach Hoiberg came in he saw Thor's ability and he gave Thor that green light to shoot that ball 100% and Thor instantly instantly confidence just grew from that guy and thankfully it did had the green light yesterday and hammered down two threes that that sealed the game for him it was one rebound shy of a double double last night 17 and 9 for thor had a couple of steals and an assist i mean it was just all over the place for the huskers played almost 36 minutes last night as well so a good game for him as the huskers win 76 to 70 over the iowa hawkeyes yesterday let's uh let's go ahead and jump into buy sell it's time to buy or sell. Buy sell is brought to you by Famous Dave's, your perfect catering choice for business lunches, meetings, weddings, parties, and more. Treat your guests to authentic smoked daily barbecue, made from scratch sides, and award-winning desserts. Famous Dave's, we do catering right. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Brett Whitty Sold. and Josh Hilkeman. Well, here we are. Hello, everyone. We're back after, hey Josh. after Hi, like Josh. a month uh, hiatus from this version of Buy or Sell. So good times. Brett's, Hi, Brett. Brett's here. Hi, Nate. That was, that was me that said it. <laughs> Hi, Brett. Hey, Nate. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is how we're starting. Sharp right. start. Sharp start. Yes, good stuff. Okay. Well, yeah, the last time we played, I believe, was December 11th. And in that version uh, or in that edition of Buy Sell, we, um, we only had three answers to give. So, And that was the, that, those were the first three answers to Season 2 of Ben and Nate Buy Sell. So uh, it, was, it was a slow start. but uh, And, Ben, you went two of three in that week. And then, Nate, you were one of three. So, Ben, you had an early one-point lead um, after, after one week of answers. So what's, so. The, what's the plan on this one? So what we're doing is the exact same thing as last time once we have five weeks' worth okay. of questions. So this is technically our third round of asking questions here in, in mm. Season 2. Works so, for me. There you go. 
All right. All right. Well, let's jump into the answers, and we do have a lot, compared, especially compared to last time. So let's jump in. Our first question, our first answer comes from Husker Men's Basketball, and it was asked on June 5th of last year by ourselves that Nebraska would win a non-conference game by 35 points or score 100 points in a non-conference game. The answer was a sell. The Huskers' biggest win was 21 points over Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and the most points they scored in the non-con was 93 against Ooh. Southern. So they came up short in both categories. It was a sell. You guys both bought it, and you were both incorrect. Man, yeah, the 35 number was pretty lofty, but I thought for sure they'd get 100 at least once. Yep, especially with the, the tempo and the style that they were, that they were playing. Mm-hmm. But this game was, or this question was asked back on June 5th, so didn't really know much about the team back then. True, indeed. All right, uh, these next set of questions all coming from uh, November 20th. This one from Husker Volleyball by ourselves that Nebraska would sweep at least three of their first four postseason matches, or they would win at least four sets by eight points or more in those four matches. That ended up being a sell. They only swept two of those matches and then only won two sets by eight or more points. Uh, ben, you bought that and were incorrect. Nate, you sold that and were correct. There you go. Yep. We're all tied up. It, actually, it was actually pretty close. They, they won two more sets by seven points. So if they had won Ooh. those two by one more, they, it would have been a buy. So I'll tell you wow. what, those lines were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you said they had to sweep three of the first right. four. Right, and they swept mm-hmm. two. And, and they it, swept two. Yeah. So wow. bo- both of them were pretty close to happening but didn't quite. So yeah. there you go. All right, moving back over to Nebraska men's basketball. And this one also asked November 20th. Buy or sell that Nebraska would score at least 110 bench points the remainder of their non-conference games before the Indiana game, so six total games. The answer was a buy. The bench scored 129 points in those six games. Ben, you bought it and were right. Nate, wrong with a sell. I like it. Bench. There was a couple of games where they scored 30-plus, so there, wow. there were some big... Big bench games there in, in non-conference. Beat up by the bench mob. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right, uh, moving on over to women's basketball here by ourselves. That Nebraska starters would score at least 75% of the team's points in their last seven non-conference games, and that was including on uh, November 20th. That ended up being a sell. They were in 304 of 517, which was only 58.8%. You guys both bought it and were both incorrect on that. How about that? The bench scoring over 40% of That's the points crazy. in those games. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah no. Brown's big off the bench for, for uh, exactly. Amy Williams. Exactly. Yeah, there's, exactly. there's a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of players on that bench that can score. So. Yeah, especially with Kissinger out, too. Yep. So, uh, you guys were both wrong on that one. We move on now to college football. Buyers sell that the Big Ten would be above 500 in bowl games, counting the college football playoff semis. And the answer was a sell. The Big Ten went four and five in bowl games. There were a couple that were close, including the very last one. Indiana blew a lead against yeah. Tennessee. Thanks that would have swung it the other way. Mm-hmm. But it ended up working out for you guys. It was a sell. You both sold it, and you were both right. IU, man, they're going to they're gonna be kicking themselves for that. They recover, And Tennessee recovered that onside kick with, like, four minutes left right, or yep. something. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah, that, that. You watch Tennessee that those first three quarters, like there's no way they win this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were switching quarterbacks and couldn't move the ball on anything. And unfortunately for Tennessee or Indiana, they choked her away. They sure did. 
All right, sticking with football, but moving to the pros by ourselves, that the NFL team with the best record at the end of the regular season would have at least three losses. That ended up being a sell. The Ravens ended the season 14-2. and two. Uh, Ben, you bought that and got it wrong. Nate, you were right with a sell. Woo-hoo! 14-2, that would have been Niners? The Ravens. No. Oh, Ravens only lost twice? Maybe. Ravens, yeah. yeah. How about that? How yeah, about that? Niners were thirteen and thirteen, I think. Yeah. Thirteen and thirteen, they played twenty six games. Man, lot, lot oh, sorry, thirteen and three. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> you caught me there for a second. I was I like, wait, they're going to stand up in the playoffs. <laughs> what? Hey. Games, <laughs> There's going to be a lot of injuries on that team. <laughs> Goodness. Oh yeah. I I feel like when we asked the question, we were everybody was thinking, well, if it happens, it'll probably be the Patriots. But yeah. Yep. It was it was the Ravens. Uh, sticking with the NFL here by ourselves that the top two leading rushers at the end of the regular season would be from the NFC, and that's exactly what it was at the time that we asked the question. The top two are from the NFC, but it ended up being a sell. Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb were the leaders, both from AFC teams. Nate, you sold it and were right. Ben wrong with a sell. Yeah, I, sorry. Derrick Henry really turned it on i mean that dude is a is a man child well he still he kept it going in the first round of the playoffs that guy is ferocious (laughs) it's exactly the reason why i don't want any part of the titans if i'm the chiefs because they Mm. they're terrible at stopping they've been better lately but they've been awful at stopping the run you know derrick henry's carrying the ball 56 times in that game. let's get past the texans first yeah yeah All right, uh, last question from November 20th, uh, college basketball by ourselves that the last undefeated team in the AP Top 25 loses before January 1st. That ended up being a sell. Uh, Auburn and San Diego State were and still are uh, both undefeated. You guys both bought that, though, and were both incorrect. Man, tough week. Yeah. Not a couple weeks, whatever it's been. Well, the good news uh, started with the, we're only about half, so there's still time to <laughs> make, some, make some ground up. We're caught up uh, to the last time that we played. All these answers coming from December 11th when we last played. And this one from Husker Volleyball by ourselves at Nebraska play Wisconsin on Saturday in the Elite Eight. And the match would be decided by X minus of all the different sets. The answer was a sell. They played Wisconsin, so that part of it was right. But the Badgers swept and were plus 16 in the match. So it ended up being a sell. You guys both bought it and were both incorrect. Man. Yeah, I thought it would be a little closer this time around. Well, and if they had, I mean, they just really needed to win one of those first The first one. Sets After the, the first yeah. one slipped away, you didn't have a great feeling. Yep. True. All right, sticking with Husker Volleyball by sell that a Husker would total net 29 digs in their next two matches, uh, and that wouldn't carry over to next year, but it didn't need to. It was a bye. Kenzie Knuckles had 37 in two matches. You guys both bought that, and we're both correct. It's a lot Ooh. of digs. It is a lot of digs. Yeah. Go dig, Red. I think she had 23 in the Hawaii match, Ooh. so she, she was getting it, getting it done. Yep. All right, moving on to Husker men's basketball by ourselves that Nebraska would score 75 points or more in the Indiana or Purdue games. That was a buy. They did score 90 against Indiana. And, Nate, you bought down right. Ben wrong with a sell. Good grief. Wow. A little surprised I bought that, but a little surprised I sold that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then they lost that game. The game that they ended up winning was Purdue, and they only scored 70 in that one. So, yeah. Another good line. Yeah. You know, because – I forget what it was at the end of regulation against Indiana. Right. It was it, it was just a little over. And then Purdue, you missed by just a little. Right. You're, you're a little under. Right. Both Good line making. Pretty close. All right. Husker women's basketball buyers sell that Nebraska would win their last four games in 2019 or 
score 90 points in one of those games. That ended up being a sell. They went 3-1 and one in their last four, losing to Michigan State, and the most points they scored was 78. Ben, you bought that and were incorrect. Nate, you were right with a sell. Woo! This, this week just needs to be over. Getting well, hot. We're, Feeling we're, it. We're only done with two of the three pages. We're just, we're, we still have some, some time. And we move on to men's college basketball next. Spire saw that there would be at least two new number one teams in the AP Top 25 before the new year. At the time, Louisville was the number one team. And they were replaced by both Kansas and Gonzaga in consecutive weeks. So that was a buy. Ben, you bought it. And we're right, Nate. Wrong with a sell. I got one. You got one back. Off on all right, college football buyers sell that Navy and Army would combine for at least 85% of plays being rushes. That ended up being a buy by a lot. 93.5% of the plays ended up being rushes. Uh, you guys both bought that. In fact, everybody bought that, and everyone was correct. Mm. Yep. I believe Glorious. I believe that Navy only passed the ball one time in that game. So God, that was the sound of that. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah, Army wasn't far behind. They had, like, four or five passes, so. Oh, there you go. Beautiful. Uh, sticking with college football here by our sell that Big Ten teams would combine for 225 points in bowl games, not counting the national championship games if a Big Ten team had made it, which they didn't anyway. But it was a buy, 268 points for Big Ten teams wow. in bowl games. Then you sold it and were wrong. Nate, right with was a that, buy. Was that by three points? No, no, no. It was 225. Oh, to, 225. I thought yeah. you said 265. No, yeah. It was, it was well over. So who there. did well in that area? Um, Good questions. I'm trying to – I feel like early teams did well and later teams did not do well um, or didn't help very much. Like Michigan obviously didn't score very many points. Indiana didn't score a lot of points. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin, well, they were Iowa scored 49. Who did? Iowa scored 49. Oh, yeah. Penn State scored 53. Yeah, so Penn those State, are, yeah, they're, they're, those are the two mm. big ones right there. Yep. There's half your total. Yep, there you go. All right, just a few answers left from the NFL here by ourselves that Ryan Tannehill would throw for at least 300 yards versus Houston uh, on Sunday the 15th. That ended up being a sell. He came just short with 279 yards. You guys both sold that, thought the line was a little too high, and you were right. He threw for, like, 70 against the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, great. But they still won. They so. did. Win's Just win. win, baby. I, I didn't note this on the, the sheet that was printed out, but I think I wrote it down last time that Ben was selling the crap out of the of yeah. this question. So <laughs> Well, it wasn't that it wasn't that far but far off. Yeah, you yeah. still got it right. So hey. all right, a couple of answers left. This one from the NBA by ourselves that the Bucks and Lakers would both have three losses when they played each other on December nineteenth. And that was a sell. They both had four losses when they played each other. And you guys both sold that, and you were both right. Go us. We're the best. You're the best. All right, and we finally wind down with one last NBA answer by our sell, that there would be at least 1,050 points scored on Christmas, and at least one player would score 40 points. That ended up being a sell. There was 1,099 points scored, so you had the points, but the highest individual point scored was Kawhi Leonard with 35, not reaching that 40-point total. Nate, you sold it and got it correct. Ben, you were incorrect with a buy. Who would ever want to root for defense? True. Yeah, that's boring. True. Very true. Uh, I'm not sitting in front of my – I mean, I didn't watch NBA anyway, but if I were, I, w- I wasn't going to be like, miss that shot. Get out of there. Oh, come on. Don't you love the old 90s Lock where, down. you know, posts would actually touch the ball? And What do you mean? I can I can picture Ben sitting on his couch on Christmas Day just doing the clap. Defense. Yeah. <laughs> 
Some of the best players in the game right now are bigs. What are you yep. talking about? Oh, give me, give me 90s NBA all day, any day over current. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, Nate, you finished strong with the point there, and you had a good week or couple weeks, I guess. You were 12 of 18, so Woo! solid there. Ben, you lost some ground. You were 7 of 18. Dang, that's brutal. Not great. Um, so now, Nate, you've come back from one down to go up by four, 13 to 9. Feeling it. Yep, you are, you're looking to defend your title from Season 1. Yes, yes. All right, let's jump into the questions for this week. We don't have as many as usual because we had so many answers, but we do have a few, and we start with Husker men's basketball. By ourselves that Nebraska has a two-game winning streak at any point the remainder of the regular season, starting with games on January 14th. So their current one game doesn't count, and even if they beat Northwestern, that doesn't count toward a streak either. It will have to start on January 14th against Ohio State. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I, I can do the honors here. Uh, yeah, had had we been able to include the Northwestern game, I would have felt like I, I had a chance here for a two-game winning streak. But as up and down as things have been in the Big Ten, and I feel like the back end of the schedule is going to be a little unforgiving, uh, I'm gonna I'm going to sell this. Okay. okay, well, let's go through it. Starting One on game the, at a time. Yeah, 14th <laughs> at Ohio State. Going to be a big underdog there. Indiana at home is possible. I think this is your best chance here. Indiana at home and at Wisconsin. It's probably your your easiest path to get there. Now, winning at the Kohl Center is okay. never an easy thing to do. Then you go at Rutgers, Michigan at home. Mm underdog Penn State at home underdog. underdog at Iowa who you just beat yeah that's gonna be a tough one at Maryland who's gonna try yeah, and win the league gonna be a tough one um Wisconsin at home you like your chances there mm-hmm. then you follow it up with Michigan State at home yeah and you go to Illinois tough underdog yep. at home against Ohio State underdog yep home for senior day against Northwestern like your chances there mm-hmm but then you go to Ann Arbor and last time I went to Ann Arbor, I want to. I wish I could forget what happened. <laughs> last I think time we were there together, Ben. Unfortunately, that was the case. And you finish at the barn in Minneapolis. Yeah. I got to sell it. All right. I mean, I, there's obviously games in here that Nebraska is going to win, but I don't like the games that follow. Yep. There you go. All right. So moving on to women's basketball by ourselves. That Nebraska finishes plus twenty in points through the rest of January. That's uh, seven total games. Seven total games at plus 20? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I'll buy that. I think, it's, I think that line's right on. I think it's going to be really close to that number. But I'll buy it. Um... Plus 20 in seven games. Oof. I'll buy it, but I don't I, – I don't – I like – the line is very challenging. I'll buy it, but that's a pretty good line. All right. Well, let's move on to a couple of sports that you guys both call on the radio, Husker baseball and Husker softball. And we have a combo question involving both those. Sports, buy or sell that baseball and softball – Combined for at least six and a half runs per game through 
their February schedule. Wow. Six and a half in February. So both teams – so – Put together, yes, they have to average six and a half runs. Right, a you add up the points or the runs that uh, baseball scores and the runs that softball scores, divide by the number of games, and see what we come up with. What do you guys got? Ah, boy, I, there there <laughs> are some challenging weekends on the Husker softball schedule. Even that first weekend where they're playing. Mexico State a couple of times. They're playing Arkansas. Uh, that can be a tough week. That that can be a, a, a weekend where you get shut out or you put up a run or two once or twice. Uh, Cathedral City, Nebraska plays Oklahoma, <laughs> Florida. Yeah, I, I'm not – six and a half runs is a pretty big ask for a softball team anyway. But I think our February schedule is pretty tough. And so I don't know that we'll be able to carry the mail on this one. Okay, let me get you what I got. We're starting <laughs> in Baylor, mm-hmm. thin air. Then you go to San Diego. You play San Diego, San Diego State, and Arizona. Um, the last time we played San Diego in that ballpark, I think the final was 17-5. to five. Wow. <laughs> um, they had 17. And then you finish with two games in Tempe. You'll only get two of the three if it's in February. So the right. third game against ASU won't count. Um, I don't like ASU staff very much. That is the third weekend. I think Nebraska could do some damage there. But they're always slow out of the gate just because they're never outside. And so I think I do think the strength of the team will be its offense, at least early. But I think six and a half again is, is a lot to ask. I know Nebraska hit pretty well in Waco the last time they were there last year. But – to start the year, and then um, depending on which ballparks they play in, the Tony Gwynn Classic, the ball was flying out of there yeah. um, the last time we were there. I think Jake Plotzek had like four home runs in the weekend or something like that, something crazy. I'll sell it just because I think Nebraska baseball may do it, but average together with softball, I don't think they make it. All right, moving over what? to some college. Did, did Nate, did you sell it too? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Nate's yep. a, Nate's I a missed it. Hard sell on that one. Oh, all right. right. <laughs> Moving on to college football by ourselves at Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence account for at least seven touchdowns in the national championship game. Lawrence and Burrow. Yes. yes seven touchdowns? Seven, seven touchdowns. touchdowns. Not each, just total hmm. combined. Uh, that would be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Burrow, yeah. Yeah. Burrow yep. could do it. Seven TDs, man. Yeah. The over-under for points is 70, so if wow. that all comes from... When was the last time a national title game was this high? Really? And so if all that comes from touchdowns, that'd be 10. Mm-hmm. So then you'd be thinking... You need 7 of the 10. Yes. <coughs> and it can be passing, rushing, receiving, returning, defensively. It doesn't matter how Trevor they Lawrence score. Trevor Lawrence back to return some punts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter how it happens. Man, that seems high, but Burrow did that in the first half. Right. Seriously. <laughs> he kind of broke some barriers with I'm, that I'm going to buy it. What the heck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember, Ben McLaughlin does not cheer for defense. No, no. not at all. <laughs> uh, and for once, neither do I. I, I think this is I, – I think seven – they get to seven pretty easily. All right. I like it. Sticking with college football here by ourselves at the national champion team – 
this year is in the top three of the first college football playoff poll next season. Whoa. Long Ranger. Long Range. About 10 months out. Okay. I'm leading off here. So I've got to kind of make my backdoor playoff pick, right? Sure. That I, I think LSU wins. Okay, so are they in the top three in the first college football playoff poll next year? I say no. No Joe Burrow. That whole picture changes. They'll be good. Don't get me wrong. But I, I have a tough time believing they'll be in the top three. So All right, I will eight. sell. All right, Ben? Um, I'm going to pull up LSU's schedule. I, I don't know what they have up for next year. Yeah. Um, you're, you're thinking that LSU wins as well then? Well, let's, we're just going to play the assumption game. Right. Let's see. I feel like that if Clemson wins next Monday, I think they have a much Ooh. better chance of being in the top three. Okay, so when's the first poll? Usually it's mid to late October, right? Okay, so so the, these two games will have happened. Okay. Play Texas in Baton Rouge week two. Woo! Mm. Then they go. Really the only other tester before would be at the Swamp. Okay. Um, the Bama game's not till November seventh. Yeah. So there's a chance. How about, their, how about their finish? They finish with Bama. They got South Carolina, and then they go at Auburn, at A and M to finish. Ooh, Oof. man. I'm gonna sell it. Um, let's say Texas. I'm gonna say Texas goes down there and gets their revenge. Let's just say that that, that they win. That LSU, assuming LSU wins. So all right, there you go. All right, moving on now to the pros NFL buyer sell that three of the four teams with a better record win their matchup in this week's divisional round. Buy. Yeah, I'll buy it. Feeling good. Feeling favorite. Chalk it up. Wow. All right. I'm going to call my shot that the one that doesn't is the Packers. Wow. All right. Well, they don't have a better record. What am I saying? They play the Niners. It's true. I think the Niners roll the Packers. Don't they? I don't like the Packers no, the, at all. They have equal records. The don't Packers they? play the Seahawks. Oh, that's right. That's right. I think so the Packers and 49ers are both 13 and 3. Vi- yeah, Vikings, Vikings play the Niners. Vikings, Vikings are going out to San Fran. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They, but the Packers aren't winning this weekend. Oh, Calling it. All there right. you go. Packers lose, Ben Regardless says. of opponent, apparently. All right. They're right. not going to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> all right. One last question, also from the NFL. Buy or sell that the team who wins the Super Bowl this year picks a defensive player with their first selection of the 2020 NFL draft. <laughs> I got to lead off. Yeah, here. this is you. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, sure. Um, Who's going to win the Super Bowl, Nate? Kansas City. All right, do they I, pick a defensive player uh, with their first pick? They uh, they still got to keep weapons around the homes. Just because – boy, I don't know. Just because it's such an offensive-oriented league, I'm going to sell. Okay. Well, I was going to say I don't root against offense, but in this case, I'll what the heck, I'll be different. I'll say defense. You're buying. All right. Wins championships, I'm told. Man. It does. Just ask LSU and Clemson with the line at 70. <laughs> oh, <Oops>. goodness. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. That's, That's all. all. Good stuff. Thanks, boys. Buy, yes. sell tonight.